0: Log Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Jody Mullen. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been child counselor and play therapist for nearly 20 years. I'm also a mom. I learned many lessons from my child clients and my own children. This has informed my parenting, as well as the parent coaching that I do, as part of my clinical practice. I recognize in working with thousands of children and parents that there are simple principles for parenting. I'll cover more than 20 principles for Blissful Parenting, so you too can have freakishly well-behaved kids. These principles are simple, but they're life-altering. They will change and enhance your relationships with children, they will change how children behave, they will change how you feel about yourself around children, and improve your overall parenting esteem. In this podcast, we'll be talking about a specific principle or lesson and how you can apply it. There will be special guests, and I have one today, that will further our conversation about parenting and children. And you'll want to stay tuned for my uh, upcoming book on blissful parenting and freakishly well-behaved kids, and check out um, my website at www.jodiannbarn.com. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at uh, Dr. Jody Mullen. One more thing I'm just really excited to tell our listeners about before we get started is my um, children and um, partner and I created a workbook for kids, um, created created by kids for kids called Naughty No More, um, where we partner up to help kids make good decisions, and it's available now. It's really easy to order. You can get a copy by going to www.integrativecounseling.us. Indicate that you listen to the show, and you can get the book for eight dollars. And we'll be and we talk about the book um, from time to time on our podcast. Um, okay, so today's exciting because um, my guest uh, June Rickley is here. She's my friend, sidekick, mental health counselor, play therapist, mom, and grandma. And today, June and I are addressing. Common three common strategies are really easy strategies. Um, I mean, actually, sound easy, but um, once you implement them, you'll have better communication with your kids, and you'll also improve your relationship with your kids. So we're going to talk about our three favorite strategies, and these strategies are things that we learned as play therapists and mental health counselors for children. Um, but they're really magical when you apply them to parenting. So, um, welcome June. Thanks, Jody. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay. So today we decided that um, it would be a good idea to take some of those. When June and I were deciding what to do for the podcast, we uh, were talking about like, well, what are some of the things that are that we've learned that we've benefited from learning as part of our education as um, mental health counselors who specialize in working with children and as play therapists that really we parents can do with their own kids or even teachers and daycare providers, um, anybody who works with children, you can apply these skills that we learned um, to, work, to working with and connecting with children that are really going to make a difference. So I'm gonna really just start by asking you a question, June, given you know, your experience. What's the skill that, that you've learned um, and, and I'm guessing have mastered um, as a play therapist that you feel is the most useful in communicating with children? um let's see the most useful I would have to say of all of the things i've learned I would say reflection of feeling um is what i feel, what i find to be the most valuable um just because it can it, it's just it, you, it can be used by anybody it's just such a um and it's such a, it really is um Something that a lot of people aren't aware of the profound value of, and once um, explained, they they really do um, it. Re- they really can see that it can work wonders as far as like um, you know connecting with other people, particularly children. Okay. All right. So first, let's um, explain. I, I don't mind doing it. What um, reflection of feeling is? So. What reflection is feeling is, it's a very, um, it's a very sort of um, foundational listening skill. And so this, this listening skill is going to make you a better communicator, not just with children, but with, with anyone. And so um, when you're a better listener, you also have better relationships. So just a really great skill to learn. So the, the basics yeah. of reflect, reflective listening are this is that ultimately what you do is when a person tells you something or is sharing a story with you or um, in, the, um, in the event that it's a child or is playing or showing you something, is what you do is you take a guess at what they're feeling and communicate that back to them. So, for example, um, if June and I were talking before the show and she said, and um, June was saying, like, okay, remind me this, remind me that, you know, about what we were going to cover today, I might say, as a reflection of her feeling, you feel worried about the show today, or you're nervous, or you're you're, um, anxious about the show. So nervous, worried, anxious, those are all feeling words. Now, June never said she was nervous, worried, or anxious, but she's communicating that feeling. And so what a reflection does is it illuminates that feeling by giving um, words to it. Do I leave anything out there, June? Well, and I think in doing that, um, especially there there's depending on the developmental level of children, there are words that they don't know yet. They they can feel something but they don't they don't necessarily have the words to express what that feeling is. And so reflections of feeling, um, that gives the child eventually they're able to kind of if that child is um if you if you think your child is frustrated for example they may not know that that's the word for it they know they're feeling this thing so when you say you're really frustrated about that um then they're able to then after a while they're able to link oh so that thing that i'm experiencing and maybe acting out because of that's called frustration i'm frustrated and so the hope is that they'll eventually be able to to express that themselves Rather than have to, um, you know, at times have to have to act it have to act it out in ways that aren't always so pro-social. Right. That and so the, oh, oh, it absolutely makes sense. And so the whole idea behind reflection and feeling is that you are demonstrating to your child in, in this example, that you get how they feel. So they don't have to keep throwing a temper tantrum because you get that they're really angry or you get that they're really disappointed. That's a big that's a big part of it. But the other thing, and I think this is really important for people to know who are just trying out this skill, is that even if you get it wrong, like let's say you say to your child, oh, you are so angry about that, um, and the child says, like, no, <laughs> um, the fact that you just demonstrated to your child that you are listening at this very deep level—that earns you points with that kid. You know, so that even if you're wrong, um, some great things happen. You, you know, you demonstrated to the child that you really are making an effort to understand. You also demonstrated to the child that you make mistakes, <laughs> which is a real great <laughs> thing for, for kids to wanted to do, and you could even say, oh, I made a mistake, and that takes it to this whole other level, because they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I think it's, I mean, parenting is, is, is the hardest job in the world, and I think sometimes when a child is, is um, you know, is acting up or, or um, you know, you're having a difficult time with them, as a parent, sometimes it, it's it's hard to kind of, like, um, learn to receive. Uh, train yourself, well, in in certain moments, it's hard to remember, wait a minute, what is this child really trying to communicate with me? Um, Because oftentimes, you know, the the parent gets emotionally charged too, and instead of responding to that child in a way of, you know, inquiring what's behind that, they wind up, um, like, either in reacting, either yelling or... or, or ignoring, or walking away, or criticizing, whatever, whatever it may be. And I, I'm, I'm, I have, I have to say here that I'm not. Um, I have to put it out there that I, I've said this on other shows. I'm, my, my children are all grown, and I have three little granddaughters. But I wasn't a perfect parent in any way. Um, so there were times. Did mm. I yell? Yup. Did I walk away? Yup. But, and my kids would probably say, Yup, she did that. But the, <laughs> the fact is, when you when you know better you do better and it and it really um, I think just just thinking of that oh okay I'm I need to respond to them rather than to react from where I am um, if I'm emotionally charged yeah I, I love that what you just said about um, when you know better you do better is that how you said it it' was great <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah I mean and I, and I think that's it this is going to take practice and I, wa- I want our audience to know that and um, it's a great way to practice is by watching TV and looking at the expressions on people's faces and um, and listening to the dialogue of what they're saying and try to respond that way. It's also great to practice on your dog um, or your other pets because they, you know, they don't care if you get the uh, emotion wrong. They're not that picky. So all of those are, like, good opportunities to practice. And just like June was saying, you know, and that she made mistakes with her own, you know, with her own kids, you um, But June wasn't a trained play therapist when when her kids were little. I, you know, was and am, and I still make mistakes, and that's on a, um, I'm going to say daily basis, where I'm not trying to do every conversation um, as a reflective listening conversation. But when it's, you know, when it's important um, to my kid, and and I think that's the key here, Not, not when it's important to me, but when I can tell it's important to my kid, I need to pay attention, and um, I can just give you an example. My son was trying to talk to me about um, Minecraft, which is a video game that he plays. Okay, so like oh. I start watching, <laughs> you know, June. I start watching. Yeah, I. I, about that I, I just, I just totally check out and those. Just, I. That, it's beyond my, um, my, my attention span. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, to be honest. I really don't care about my, but it, what, I, what I do care about is, what my, is that it's something that my son is really interested in. So as he's telling me this, and I can see that he recognizes I'm not paying attention, I, I stopped myself, and I said, like, this game is really important to you. You take it seriously. And he goes, yes, I do. And, um, and then he talks mm-hmm. to me for a couple of a couple more minutes about it, and that, you know, that was what it took. So reflection of, we, of listening takes um, some good attention on our part, too, and I think, like, that's, you know, that's the other part. But I will tell you that on many other occasions when he's tried to have a conversation with me about Minecraft, I'm like, uh uh-huh, whatever, okay, that sounds great, <laughs> you know. And so I'm not, I'm not in tune or connected to him, and the truth is that I... You know, of course, I want to be really connected to him, but I don't always want to hear about Minecraft. So, um, just to give you, you know, a, a real life example of how that looks. Okay. Uh, anything else on reflection and feeling before? Because we promised them three strategies. So, anything else on reflection oh, and yeah. feeling before to go to the next one? No, good. Oh, okay. we could we could go on all day about that, but just <laughs> no. I think I think they, they get the, I think they get the gist. Okay, I'm sure we have a smart audience. Okay. Uh uh-huh. so the, the, <laughs> the next one um, is, like, one of the first skills that I learned um, as a play therapist. And it's, like, it is not mind-blowing in any way, but it's so, it's so simple and something that I know every single person in our audience could do that would absolutely change the nature of their communication and, therefore, their relationship with kids. And that is getting to children's level Physically, and and I know June that uh, certainly you and I have talked about on um, previous podcasts. This is being the most important part, <laughs> like is mm-hmm. just getting to their uh, level physically. So, um, to you, June, what are some of the most important things about getting to children's levels physically, or even what we mean by that? Well, getting on their level physically, the first thing that I do when I meet uh, or when I'm when I'm when i 'm with a child when I meet a child um, you know in in my clinical work is immediately i I respect their um, their size and I get down on their level i get I guess so that I try to kind of like uh, even out the relationship a little by getting down to their level um, and and showing them that that I respect them that way, and that just that little tiny thing which is um, you know, it's kind of our responsibility as adults to get down to their level because kids, like, they can't make themselves bigger. And when they do try to make themselves bigger by standing on things, they get in trouble. So it's really my my it's really our job as 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 adults to um, to get down on their level and look them look them in the eye. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I and I think okay, so a couple of things is. I you know, June said, it's the first thing she does. And I think that that's, that's really important, just understanding that part, because um, when we are communicating with children, if we don't get down to their level, there's two choices. One, they're either left with trying to get up to our level, which, like June said, typically gets them in trouble, or they're left just looking up at us, which hurts the back of their neck, they see us from a different perspective, um, and that perspective, when they're looking up at us from down below, if you think that that's a good perspective, um, I encourage you to... Not attractive. Your phone. <laughs> no, it's not. Set your phone on the ground and uh, record what you look like looking down, talking to your phone. It is awful. It is... You, I mean, you really just don't look like yourself. It's very unflattering. And that's what kids see. And so, you know, it's really important that you are... Um, face-to-face with them and make eye contact with them. Now, it's not just important for us so we can see their faces and read their faces, but it's also important for them because they're reading our faces. Children are, you know, primarily nonverbal communicators, and that means um, receptive, um, what they're taking in, and expressive, what they're putting out. So we want to be able to give them, you know, both of those uh, opportunities. And if we're not at their level, we're not giving them those opportunities. So getting to their level physically becomes a really important thing. Do you have any, like, examples or anything like that, June, that in terms of getting to their level that you'd want to share, like, physically or Uh things that you've noticed in your clinical practice? Well, I just, you know, um, I guess in my clinical work, whenever I have, um, say, a, a, a new little child client, and um, many times I'll walk into the waiting room and I'll see this little one with kind of like a, hmm, what is this place? This kind of worried look on their face. And the minute I go up to them, and usually I'm kind of bending at the same time, I might be... Um, extending my hand to shake the parent's hand and introduce myself, but I'm I'm really kind of making the child my my priority. And the minute I get down to their level, I can kind of tell like it's almost like their face softens, and it, oh, you know okay. that in itself is a, is enough to tell me that, that 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 that's kind of making them feel reassured. It's kind of making them feel um, like oh wow. This person, this person is, is really paying attention to me and re- really wanting to, to get down on, you know, to, to get to know me at, on my yeah. level. I, and I think the other thing, you know, as you were saying that, is when kids are angry or upset and you get down to their level, it's, it's sort of like you you just used the word like softens and that's what made me think of it. It sort of me mm-hmm. it, it takes out some of the harshness um, that, you know, that, that, that's involved in how they're feeling. So if they're feeling, like, super, super upset, when you get down at their level, there's, like, um, it's almost like they sigh, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not like, really, mm-hmm. if, if they do, but they all, there's, like, sort of, like, a relief that comes because right getting yeah. down to their level makes a huge difference. you know, one of the things June and I tell our our, um, students, our play therapy and child counseling students, is that, like, don't walk into, like, a daycare and get down at, (laughs) you know, and get down at the the level of all the children because they're going to just swarm you. So we should probably give you uh, that. (laughs) that, um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because that is what happens. Children really recognize that there's something different about you when you get, you know, at their at their level. And so, super important. Now, here's the other thing, which is really great about this, is in your connection with children, whether they're your own or up for, you know, their kids that you teach, or um, babysit, whatever, is that um, when you need to um, discipline, and by discipline we mean help structure them and keep them safe, it's like when you need to discipline them, all you have to do now is
1: stand up
0: and increase the, increase your, the size differential and the space differential. That right there um, makes that difference. So it's, it's very powerful not just for connecting, but it's also good uh, disciplinary Um, tool. That doesn't require you to raise your voice or for you to do anything that would be disrespectful to the child. It's just all you do is stand up and now um, it's it's changed the relationship. So, okay. Oh, and speaking of, I think we kind of, see these are are interwoven here. So this last one that we're going to talk about um, today is um, the perspective of the child and how um, there's a fancy schmancy uh, word for it, it's called understanding the child's phenomenological world. world. Um, it's hard to say, obviously, I just got tongue-tied, but what it means is that for, if you want to really be able to communicate well with kids, you have to be able to take their perspective to see the things from their view. And so. Um, that, you know there's a natural connection here to both getting to their level physically and um, reflection of healing June, do you want to talk a little bit about that or um, you start well, with that? I, I guess um, it's really it's important to remember that what may not be that important to, to us as as adults may be really important. Um, to children, I had um, just uh, yes, just yesterday I had one of my um, little little kid clients come in, and um, he's brought by his grandmother. And, and as I approached them in the waiting room, he was he was talking to her about something that had happened. And she said, and as and and as we were um, leaving to go up to my office or or the playroom, she said, oh, forget about that. It's not a big deal. And so, so we walked away. And I said to this little guy, I said, "It seems like you're really upset about that." And he went on, he went on a, a tirade about what happened and was telling me about it. And of course, I'm saying, and then that made you so angry you couldn't stand it. And he got, and, and I, it, it was so simple. And by the time we got to the the playroom, he had pretty much like almost like ah, oh, he kind of you could tell he felt so much better just being able, just having me not say, like, "Ah, oh, that's, that's not a big deal, forget about it. Right. He, felt, he right. felt validated. He felt like I, I really um, got his experience. Yeah, and I think, like, it's, it, when, it, when a kid is making, it's, it's very simple. When a kid is making a big deal out of something, it's because it's a big deal. <laughs> so even if it's mm-hmm. not a big deal, you know, to you, like the sort of like my son telling me about his high score on Minecraft or Slappy Birds or whatever. Those aren't big deals to me, but they're a big deal to him. And it's so simple. All I have to say to him is, "Wow, that's a big deal to you." And he goes, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> and that's it. You know, and then it's over. But when when we deny them of their big deals, that's you know, that's when things start to break down in terms of, like, respect and and communication. Right, and I think even, and, I'm sorry. No, you go, 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 go. (laughs) You can go ahead. Uh, Well, no, and I think, um, I kind of, I lost, even when we think of, um, think of it um, in our own life as, as adults, I mean, I know I have some things happen to me that maybe my husband doesn't think are, are the most um, right. monumental things, But and and I might come home from work or or from, you know, wherever, and I might, you know, I might be like really mad about something or really upset about something, and what a difference it makes if he says, wow, you look like you really had a bad day. What happened? Um, as opposed right. to be just like ah come on you know you're home now just forget about it it's it's such a right. difference to just feel like the other person gets you it doesn't it may not make the situation any better but it, as far as like the the circumstances but it makes the person feel better to be understood and and um, validated. Well, and and I, you know, I think that that's such an important part of this, too, is that, like, a lot of times we say these things, and by we, I really do mean we, (laughs) not just, like, other parents out there and that kind of thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. me, too. A a lot of times we say these things because we just don't like seeing people, like, sort of suffering or in pain or, you know, so when when you come home, for example, you know, like when you come home from work and you're upset, your husband says, like, don't worry about it or put it on the back burner <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> he says that because he loves you and he doesn't like seeing yeah. you upset, right? But, which but, is exactly like what we do with it, kids. Right. Yeah, and, and so, like, and what you're saying is when we do that, though, we deny them of their perspective, which is, like, no, this is a big deal. And, it, and how much better it feels... When somebody honors, that is a big deal. Than when somebody tries to take our pain away from us, which they can't do anyway, right? Right. Yeah. So you know, like getting understanding a child's perspective, you know, from that point of view, just becomes, um, you know, just becomes a, a really important thing. And and so, you know, like um, sometimes what happens with the kids that we work with, I mean, I can just. Think of an example, and you know, of course, when we talk about this, we change the names and the identifying characteristics. But you know, I can think of um, you know a little boy that I work with who's really angry all the time, and he, you know, angry, 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 and his mom will say like, "I don't get what he's so angry about," um, and that's because mostly she doesn't get what he's angry about because she doesn't get his perspective, like lots of things in his life to him seem really unfair, um, but to her, it's like, well, we have a very good life, you know, but for him, yeah. it's, it's really unfair, and so when things are unfair to kids, they get angry. That's, like, you know, that's, like, part of how they roll, so, right, um, you know, so that's, right. like, so it's... So it's connected to that listening part, because if you're listening to kids and you recognize that they feel something's unfair, then you just respond to that part, right? and that's their perspective. And what, So when you do reflective listening, this is how it's woven together, you respect their perspective. And then the other thing I'll say, too, is that even from um, getting to their level physically, when you get down to their level physically, the world looks a lot different, and that allows you to respect their perspective as well. So, so you know, um, a lot of us as parents got down on our bellies when our kids were little so that we could child-proof our homes. <laughs> you know, it's sort of the same thing. We got down on our bellies so we could, you know, see what it would be like from the perspective of our of our toddlers moving around. And so it's the same idea whether they are, um, you know, to get to their level physically is whether they're 2 or whether they're, tw- you know, they're 12. And so it's important to, you know, that's an important co- component of per- respecting their perspective. Exactly. Um, and, I, and I guess also, you know, since we have, uh, you know, the the other thing to remember is that this isn't just for little kids. This is for our teens, our tweens and teens um, as well because a lot of things happen during those tween and teen years that, you know, now that we're removed from it as adults, really don't seem like a big deal. What, you know, like um, I guess the classic one would be the, a breakup, you know, of a relationship. And while maybe they were only going out you know, for 24 hours or something like that, and your teenager is, you know, acting devastated, it's because they feel devastated. And if we don't recognize that, then they don't, Then we lose a little bit of connection and respect from them. Oh, I was talking a lot. <laughs> we only have a few, we only have a minute or so left. Is there anything uh, else you want to share with people before we say goodbye for today? Oh boy, uh, let's see. <laughs> you know me; I'm not one of few words. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I um, no, I don't know, okay. Jody. You take over from here. I have a lot of ideas, but that would it would take way too long. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna talk to June about all her ideas, and we're gonna plan our next podcast. <laughs> but for <laughs> now, that's what we want you to do. We want you, if nothing else, to get to the level of your child physically. That is going to help your relationship. Second, we'd lo- we'd love for you to be able to start practicing your reflection of feeling and um, and and see how that works, and then putting it all together by just gaining the perspective of the child. Those three things are going to really, really, really. Um, help you, and if you have questions about, um, you know, questions about it, feel free to contact us at Integrative Counseling. Um, we're both uh, clinicians there. June's the assistant director, and you know, we'll be happy to help you that way. But um, we are very much interested in, in um, improving the relationships between parents and children. So. Thank you once again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. And I will definitely talk with June about her other ideas so we can plan our next one. (laughs) We'll talk to you. (laughs) Thank you, June. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you.
1: All righty. Bye-bye.